Thanks for joining us for today's message. We encourage you to email us and let us know what God is currently doing in your life. Or if you'd like to support the ministry financially, you can do so here on our website. Right now, you're about to listen to a message from our current series. Thanks for tuning in today. Hallelujah. I want you to open your Bibles to Matthew, the 16th chapter. And of course, we were here last week. You know, that the greatest challenge about every service that we enter into is just the time element. And, um, and I understand. I've been in services, you know, where a guy preaches for an hour and it seems like four. And, uh, and so I don't like just to say things just to say things and to hear myself speak. I want my words to be measured. I want them to be accurate. And I want them to be effective so that when you leave here, you are inspired by the Spirit. Praise God. I said that you be inspired by the Spirit. Amen. And become all that God wants you to be in a world that we live in. Amen. I shared this again last week, that there's nothing greater than the gift of seeing and the gift of knowing. To be able to open the Bible and to literally to, to hear, to hear what God wants us to hear, to understand what God wants us to understand, listen, for whatever comes our, uh, into our future. How many believe that God knows the end from the beginning? And he knows Monday what you're going to be dealing with. He knows what you're going to be dealing with uh, this afternoon. He, he just, he knows. Uh, I, again, I really do believe that if we will train ourselves to be sensitive and open to the instruction uh, and leadership of the Spirit, we will avoid a lot of heartache in our lives. Again, if you agree, say amen to that. I said, if you agree, say amen to that. I really do believe that. Amen. So there's nothing more wonderful than to see the things that we need to see from God's word so that we can follow through and obey it, with, which comes from blessing. So that Jesus actually addresses this here in Matthew, the 16th chapter. And, and just to quickly, uh, again, not to read every verse, so you can read it yourself. But one day, Jesus, as he was walking along with the disciples, they asked him, he says, who do men say the son of man am? And so what they say, well, you know, there are, we hear things, we hear rumors. Some say that you're Elijah. Some say that you're Jeremiah or one of the other prophets. Some say that you're a glutton. Some say that you're a liar. Some say that you're demon-possessed. Some, uh, amen. I mean, some say that you're just full of greed. I mean, there was accusations and opinions about who he was. But then the, he made it personal. He said, but who do you say that I am? And Peter rose up, and I love Peter. You know, um, he had a lot of fire in his belly. He, um, he really did want to honor God and please God. And I'm sure that it was extremely hard on him when he, when he did deny Christ, you know, prior to Christ's death, because Jesus said he would. And, but the beautiful thing about Peter is that he went out and repented. He didn't go out and hang himself. Amen. How many rather to, to repent? Repent repentance is better. So he did. And of course, what did, do, what, what did God do for him? God used Peter. The first one to open his mouth and preach the death and resurrection of Christ where 3,000 Jews responded and received Christ into their lives. Isn't that beautiful? How good, how good God is to, to show Peter how much he loved him. And, say, and so Jesus responded by saying, Peter, you are a small rock, and, but I'm telling you, I'm going to tell you about the big rock. He says, I'm going, he says, I'm going, 
upon this rock, I will build my church. Upon the rock of revelation, upon the rock of spiritual insight, I'm going to build my church and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. It meaning the revelation that you receive from God. Amen. How many here say you can honestly, when you come to church on Sundays, you, you see things you, you hadn't seen before that inspires you and builds you up and strengthens you? Isn't that wonderful? Again, there's no greater gift from God than the gift of sight, being able to interpret the word of God. Remember what Jesus said? He said, the letter killeth, but the spirit gives life. But you got to have both. You got to have the letter and you got to have the spirit. Uh, amen. As you, as you uh, weave both of those into your life on a daily basis, you, you, you will become what God's called you to be as a believer. Amen. Revel- just write this down. Revelation is given for an eternal purpose. It's God's spiritual equipping for your spiritual calling. It's God, it's God spiritually equipping for your spiritual calling. And you're called to be a light to the world and the salt of the earth. Again, if you agree, say Amen. In Mark the 8th chapter, and I want to go there now for just a moment. In Mark the 8th chapter, it it, um, says, when they arrived at Bethsaida, this is the the Living Bible translation, some people brought a blind man, a blind man to Jesus and begged him to touch and heal this blind man. So Jesus took him by the hand and led him out of the village and spit upon his eyes and laid his hands over them. And he says, can you see anything now? Can you see anything? I think this is so interesting. This is a, really one of the strangest, in one sense, scriptures, because when, when Jesus healed people, he didn't, he didn't question the healing. Right? I mean, when the Bible says he healed all of them, he didn't turn around and say, well, did you get healed? They got healed. But in this situation, it's quite interesting because there's, a, there's something here that you and I need to see so we can understand what he was saying this day. Can you see anything now? Jesus asked him. And the man looked around and said, well, yes, I see men, but I can't see them very clearly. Amen. How many want to see the word of God clearly when you open up and read it? You don't want to see it with blurred vision where you, you read it, but you're just not seeing what it is saying. Oh, that's been, my, that's been my journey through the years of reading certain scriptures, and I just can't see what God is saying. Amen. I, can't, I, I don't see it. And then all of a sudden, I see it, and go, wow, that's awesome. Yeah. Amen. <laughs> Hallelujah. Some of you will get that later. Ah! It's exciting. Amen. And uh, let's go on. So they looked like tree trunks walking around. Then Jesus placed his hands over his eyes again, and as the man stared intently, his sight was completely restored. Now shout hallelujah. hallelujah. Amen. And he saw everything clearly drinking in the sights around him. So natural blindness, listen, steals from you the ability to see the natural things around you. Spiritual blindness, on the other hand, steals from you the ability to see the eternal truths of God's word. Words which are designed to liberate your life, and in doing so, you become Christ-like in every area of your life. Give me an example. Have you been taught that speaking in tongues has passed away, or it's of the devil, you know, or, you know, if you've been taught these things, it literally blurs your spiritual vision from the truth. All of a sudden, you've been blinded by a word of deception and not enlightened by word of revelation, Amen. Now, if you're not spiritual today, and you don't speak in other tongues, 
that's okay. Uh, you're not any less Christian than we are, than I am that, that, that does. Amen. There's a purpose for it, but, but the fact is, God can't instruct you in the truth until you're open to the truth. When Vicky came home from being spirit, uh, uh, with being spirit-filled from a Bible camp, instead of being intimidated or instead of being closed to it, my response was, well, I want, it. I want everything that God gave my wife. That was my attitude. And so I then opened my heart to it, though I didn't understand it. And again, by faith, I received it. And it became a, a living thing on the inside of me. And that was in 1974. That's a long time ago. So I've been spirit-filled since 1974. Uh, and, and it's been a blessing to me personally. Amen. I said, amen. But on the other hand, I've listened to preachers that aren't spirit-filled. But I tell you right now, the revelation that they have, that has flowed from their bellies, uh, you, could, you couldn't tell that they weren't. Wow, got quiet in here for a moment. Do you hear me? Amen. I have. Some of the greatest preachers on TV have been Baptists. I mean, great teachers of the Word of God. I mean, I mean, speaking forth revelation knowledge. Amen. So sometimes we have to be very careful that we don't become arrogant to think that we got something that someone doesn't, else doesn't have. Wow, I'll keep going. It's a rough crowd here this morning. Amen. Now let's continue. Verse 27. M- Matthew, where am I at? Uh, Mark, I didn't go there in my Bible. Mark the 8th chapter. Let's, we're going to continue reading. Mark 8, because I want to read out of the King James here. I was reading out of the Living Bible there for a moment. Okay, and now verse 27. It says this. And Jesus went out and his disciples into the towns of Caesarea Philippi. And by, the, and by the way, he asked his disciples saying, whom do men say that I am? And they answered and said, well, some say you're John the Baptist, others Elijah and, or one of the other prophets. And he said, but whom say ye that I am? And Peter answered and said, thou art the anointed one of God. Amen. I said, amen. And he began to charge them. And he charged them that they should not tell no man of him, verse 31. And he began to teach them that the Son of Man must suffer many things and be rejected of the elders of the chief priests and scribes and killed and after three days rise again. Why did Jesus say that? Because God knows the words that proceed out of his mouth won't return to him void. He had to declare before he could fulfill the divine will of God, he had to declare the divine will of God, even at the expense of his own life. So he did. Amen. Now watch this. And he spoke that saying openly. And Peter took him and began to rebuke him. Peter got in his face. Amen. And he says, no way. No way this is going to happen. You're talking stupid. And I'm going to stop it. And the Bible says, when he turned about and looked on his disciples, he rebuked Peter and said, get thee behind me, Satan. For thou savorest not the things that be of God, but the things that be of men. The, the New Living Translation says, get away from me, Satan. He said, you are seeing things merely from a human point of view, not from God's. And I thought it's amazing how life's experiences can humble you quickly. Here, Peter got a revelation of eternal truth that nobody else had gotten at that moment, only to be blinded by his own selfish ambitions and stand between God Uh, between Christ and God's will for his life. 
That's why every time you see eternal truth, man, you humble yourself before God, even in a greater measure, and thank him that you've seen something, listen, that you're going to need in your life. I always think it's amazing how people will travel from meeting to meeting looking for a word from God. And I tell you, and, and a lot of words are spoken. You know, I, I said this to somebody just the other day. I says, I'm not happy about when people prophesy things to the public. When God prophesied in the Old Testament, let me ask you something. Who is he speaking to? It's not a sure question. Who is he speaking to? His people, the Jews. He wasn't speaking to the Amorites, the Hittites, the Jebusites, and all the other sites, only to the Israelites. Amen. And then we've got guys that prophesy on TV, you know, and say all sorts of things. And it may be true and it may not be true, but they're casting their pearl before the swine and they're making the church look like they're stupid. And I think if you're going to prophesy, you prophesy. Send out an email. Send out a text. Just don't go on public TV and, and, and scatter uh, uh, words uh, to, to the world. And um, uh, it, it just, it's just, to me, it's not a good thing. I mean, that's just my personal conviction. Amen. So Peter... Learn quickly a lesson that if you're going to receive revelation knowledge of God's word, it's for a purpose, you're going to need it. And how many agree that he needed it in just a few days after that? Amen. I said amen. Verse 34. And Jesus called, now I'm going to read the Amplified because it's so powerful. And Jesus called to him the throng with his disciples. And said to them, if anyone intends to come after me, let him. Do you have that scripture up there? Is it up here? I don't know. No, it's not up there. And uh, this, is, this is the Amplified uh, Mark 8, verse 34. And Jesus called him the throng with his disciples and said to them, if anyone intends to come after me. Now listen to this. This is the Amplified. Let him deny himself, forget, ignore, disown and lose sight of himself and his own interests and take up his cross. Uh, that cross signifies self-suffering, self-suffering, okay? Uh, denying yourself, denying what you want in life and joining me as a disciple and inciting me with my party. Follow me, follow with me continually Cleaving steadfastly to me, for whoever wants to save his higher spiritual eternal life, watch this, will lose it, what? The lower natural temporal life, which is lived only on earth. And whoever gives up his life, which is lived only on earth, for my sake and the gospels, will save it, what? His higher spiritual life to the eternal kingdom of God. I think today, you know, and it's wonderful when we lead people, lead people to Christ because because salvation costs you nothing, but following Christ will cost you everything. It really will. Everything. Cost you everything. But guess what? The everything that you have, you'll never hold on to without Christ. Without being sold out to him. 
That's when you begin to see the will of God clearly for your life. Amen. And at the same time, become an heir to all his blessings in his word. Now, back to Matthew 13 now. I read this last week. This is the message translation. It just so inspired me. I wanted to read it again. At about that same time, Jesus left the house and sat on the beach. In no time at all, a crowd gathered along the shoreline, forcing him to get into a boat. Using the boat as a pulpit, he addressed his congregation. And again, I don't know how many were there, but I I think it was in the thousands. And the Bible says he addressed his congregation telling stories. What do you make of this? A farmer planted seed. See, Jesus was so down to earth. He knew that their, their livelihood came from sowing and reaping. Amen, everything. You know, whether they were raising sheep, right? The law of sowing and reaping, multiplying sheep, multiplying cattle, you know, goats, whatever, uh, uh, corn, wheat, whatever they were planting. It was for their provision. So he wanted to talk on their terms that they could understand. He says... A farmer planted seed, and as he scattered the seed, some of it fell on the road, some of it, uh, oh, and the birds ate it. Some fell in the gravel. It sprouted quickly, but didn't put down roots. So when the sun came up, it withered up just as quickly, okay? Some fell in the weeds. As it came up, it was strangled by the weeds. And some fell on good earth and produced a harvest beyond his wildest dreams. Can you shout hallelujah? Hallelujah. So he was saying there is a harvest. There is a harvest, but it doesn't come without great discipline on the part of the farmer. I think farming, we, we have Steve Farms. He, I think he's the only farmer that we have in church now that farms. And um, farming it really takes a lot of faith. <laughs> that, I'm serious. That farmer goes out there, prepares the ground, sows the seed, believing that it's going to do what God called it to do. That every seed is empowered to produce 30, 60, and 100 fold. And that is, does God sound like an abundant God? He could have said, you know, when you plant that seed, I'm going to give you two. <laughs> In return, he could have. I'll, okay, five is fair. Ten? Ten is more, it should be more than enough. No, no, no. A hundred fold return. That's how good God is. That's the kind of abundant um, abundance that God has in mind for us as believers. Why don't you go ahead and give him praise for that. Thank you, Father. An abundant harvest. Now, it's good if it's good seed. It's not good if it's bad seed. But on the other hand, we're talking about the parable of the sower here. So you can see that it takes a lot of discipline and hard work to produce a return of that seed. So Jesus goes on and says, are you listening to this? Are you really listening? Amen. Or are you hearing what the Spirit is saying? Now, just again to remind you that you are a three-dimensional creature. You are a spirit being. Say, I am a spirit being. Say it again. You are. You are a spirit being. And then you have a soul. Brother Hagen taught us this. A soul is made up of your mind, your will, and your emotions. And then you live in an earth suit made of mud and moisture. Amen. A earth suit that was tainted by Adam's transgression, therefore cursed, and therefore, therefore will return back to the ground to which it came from. Amen. And then, of course, because you're saved, your spirit will return unto God. 
So you are a steward over all three dimensions of your life. You're a steward over your body, you're a steward over your soul, and you're a steward over your spirit. But I always like it just in reverse because it's important that it be in reverse. Spirit first, then soul, and then your body. Today, we've got so many Christians that have it backwards. They, they spend more time uh, in the soulish realm um, and, and, and in the realm of their bodies externally instead of uh, their spirits, uh, which reflect the true image of God within them. Amen. I said amen. And I joke because that's kind of funny, but I always tell Randy, I look like him on the inside. I do. I look like him on the inside. Praise God. And how many agree that's better to look that way on the inside than the outside, even though you can look both ways if you want, but just make sure you have priorities in order. If you're starving the spirit man uh, because you're taking all your time up with the carnal man or, or, the, or the physical man, it, it, it's going to show up in your life because it's going to be the defeat of your life, not the victory of your life. Amen. Why? Because we wrestle a lot against flesh and blood but against principalities and powers. Amen. Now, I can arm wrestle the devil, and I can beat him. <laughs> Amen. Because he's a spirit being. Come on, everyone. Amen. And you've been given authority over him. Come on, everyone. Amen. That's right. That's right. Now, I can arm wrestle Randy, and definitely I will not beat him. But I can beat the devil. Hallelujah. And that's the most important thing. Can I have an amen? So we are... A spirit being, have a soul, live in a body, and God made us three uh, uh, stewards over all three dimensions. And the parable of this soul reveals the discipline required to reap a harvest. Let's go on. Are you listening? Really listening? Why well, tell stories? The disciples came and asked, Why do you tell stories? He replied, You've been given insight. And to really tell you the truth, there was only, I mean, they only saw this with blurred vision. Because remember, Jesus said, there's so many things I'd like to share with you, but you're not equipped right now for that. I'm not, I'm not able to really show you the things that you're going to see after my resurrection. How many read the Bible before you were saved and you don't understand, just, you don't hardly understand a lick of it? And the reason for that is the eyes of your understanding were not enlightened. You could not see through the spiritual eyes of God's spirit because you weren't born again. Now, you may have picked up some nice stories, but you didn't, see, you, didn't, you didn't see the spiritual significance of it for your personal life. Amen. You've been given insight into God's kingdom. You know how it works. Not everybody has this gift, this insight. It hasn't been given to them. And, and now listen to this. And I don't want you to, okay, so it's only for some and not others. No, no, no. He's referring to those, listen, that failed in their stewardship responsibilities. And we'll read on. Whenever someone has a ready, receptive heart for this, the insights and the understandings flow freely. Everybody say, thank you, Lord. So he's saying, hey, if you come and you have a receptive heart and everything's good on the inside, man, those, those revelations that you're going to need will flow, flow freely. Now watch this. But if there's no readiness, any trace of receptivity soon disappears. That's why I tell stories, to create readiness, to nudge the people toward receptive insight. Now, in their present state, and I just added this because this is what he's referring to in the parable of the sower, hearts that are hard and obstinate, uh, shallow, uh, spiritually shallow, 
crowded with weeds of carnality, they, the Bible says, they can stare till doomsday and not see it. Till they're blue in the face and not get it. Now, I don't want Isaiah's forecast repeated all over again. What did Isaiah say? Your ears are open, but you don't hear a thing. Your eyes are awake, but you don't see a thing. Now, that's what frustrated. God was always talking to the children of Israel, but they, they just simply refused to accept responsibility for what he was saying. They, their passion for the temporal far exceeded their passion for the eternal. Amen. Let's go on. The people are blockheads. I thought that was funny. They stick their fingers in their ears so they won't have to listen. They screw their eyes shut so they don't have to look. Um, so they won't have to deal with me face to face and let me heal them. But you have God-blessed eyes, eyes that see and God-blessed ears, ears that hear. The, see, the thing that grieves my heart the deepest is when I run into Christians and they're held captive by sins. Because you don't have to be held captive by any sin. Not as a born-again Christian. The, you know, I've met born-again spirit-filled Christians who are drug addicts, alcoholics, uh, Full of fear, oppressed, amen. And God, God made you a new creature in Christ Jesus to free you from those very things. So if a person is walking in those very areas of their life, if they're allowing those things in, that simply means they have stopped being receptive to the Holy Spirit and to the Word of God. And guess what? They literally stop becoming what God called them to be, and that is a light to those around them. Amen. So blessed are your eyes. You have, blessed, you have God-blessed eyes that see, and you have God-blessed ears that hear. So the question we must address individually in our lives is, why is it when I read a verse of Scripture, unable to, I'm unable to see what it's saying? Why is it when I hear the pastor preach on Sunday that I, I quickly, the, reason he, the moment he says, open your Bible, I fall asleep and I'm not able to hear what he's saying. There's a reason. And the Lord spoke to me about Mark, the first chapter, and I want to read the first three verses. When I asked him that question, why, Lord? Why is it? Why is it when people hear the word of God, I mean, they immediately fall asleep? What, what's the deal in that? In the beginning of the gospel of Jesus Christ, the son of God, it is written, as it, the beginning of the gospel of Jesus Christ, the Son of God, as it is written in the prophets, behold, I send my messenger before thy face, which shall prepare thy way before thee. Okay? Now, this was John the Baptist who came preceding Christ. Remember, he was six months older than Jesus, he, and he, he, he was prepared to carry the message. Uh, he was called to carry the message, prepare you the way, prepare you the way. Prepare you the way. The Savior is coming. Prepare, prepare for him. That's what his message was, okay? The voice of one crying in the wilderness, prepare you the way of the Lord. Make, paths, make his paths straight. Amen. So obviously preparation is required if you're going to hear what God wants to say to you. Preparation is required. And it's interesting. He said it was a voice in the wilderness. And I think... How often, and I just want you to know this, if you don't realize this, that until Jesus comes or until you die, you're going to be in the wilderness. That's where we're at. We're not in heaven. Now, we can have small measures or glimpses of heaven on earth, 
but we're traveling through this wilderness heading for our promised land. If you agree, say amen. We're heading for the eternal destiny, our eternal home, amen, in heaven. And of course, I know, I, I'm a, so I really am, but the thing that excites me the most is that when we, when we return in our glorified bodies, at least for a thousand years, to rule and reign with Christ, that's going to be cool. Because you'll be able to travel anywhere you want, and nobody can touch you. Is that cool or what? You talk about super men and women. Yeah. No, we won't, we, won't have, we won't need cobwebs flying out of our hands to go fly somewhere. We won't need a cape. I don't know about you. Is that exciting or what? It, yeah. Now, you can believe that's true or not, but I believe it is. And we're going to, we're going to experience some supernatural joys uh, that maybe we didn't experience while we were humans here on earth. I really believe that. I asked the Lord one day, I said, Lord, and again, I, I've shared this, but I said, Lord, how come a thousand years? Why a thousand years? And I don't know if this is true or not. This came out of me, and it, it's not going to hurt your salvation any, but this came right out of me, because uh, is it possible that Adam and his wife reigned for a thousand years before they fell? So God's given that back to us. That sounds like God, doesn't it? Anyway, carry on. Praise the Lord. So the word prepare means to make ready, to make the necessary adjustments. Amen. So he, he's, and it's true, every, every time we gather together, God wants us to prepare ourselves to receive from him. Uh, whether it's repentance over, you know, th- how you've been behaving this past week, how you've been treating your wife or your husband or your children, you know, which uh, what's exceeded the boundaries of God's word, whatever, whatever you've been doing, a man alive, you got to prepare if you're going to receive what God has for you. You got to look at, I know that we've got this elbow elbowitis. We're always poking the one next to it. That was for you. That was for you. That was for you. But every time we gather together, it's for me. Say, it's for me. And it's wonderful to know that God cares about us enough that he really wants to reveal to us the things that, again, we're going to need uh, for whatever comes in the following week. Second Corinthians 3, I've got to wind this down. It says, we are not like Moses, who put a veil over his face so the people of Israel would not see the glory, even though it was destined to fade away. God is so wonderful. When, when Moses came off that mountain, you know, he had spent 40 days in the mountain. Then he came down and busted the tablets in anger because they had already broken the covenant before they received it. So he goes back up another 40 days and receives the blueprint for the tabernacle. That's just that's such an exciting story. Amen. So when he comes down, his visage is, is, is I mean, he's, he's glistening. He, he's glistening with as much glory of God that could be upon him as a natural human being. So bright that they put a veil over him to cover him because they could not even look upon his appearance. He glistened so much. So God was simply telling the children of Israel, this is what I have for you. This is what I have for you. I have got for you a glorious life filled with my presence. But you know, of course, that was a, just simply a that was supernatural illustration, but it was for a time, and that time would come with Christ's death and resurrection. And the Bible, he goes on and says, but the people's minds were hardened. They hardened their minds. They did. 
okay? And to this day, whenever the old covenant is being read, the same veil covers their minds so that they cannot understand the truth. And this veil can be removed only by believing in the anointed one, Christ. Yes, even today when they read Moses' writings, their hearts are covered with the veil, that veil, and they do not understand. But whenever someone turns to the Lord, see, that's the key, turns to the Lord. When, you know, we got saved, uh, you know, we got saved and we learned about the Bible, you know, about, you know, uh, dedicating your uh, babies to the Lord. You know, my parents, I mean, they just had a fit because uh, they weren't being sprinkled as babies. And they were convinced that uh, Amy was going to hell if she wasn't sprinkled as a baby. Where did they get that from? They got that from, you know, the doctrine uh, uh, of the church, uh, and they believed, it, they believed it was true. And so that was really hard on them. When they, when they realized that we really did not love our children. <laughs> because we were going to let them go to hell. Yeah. But the good news is their eyes were opened later. Praise God. And I have an amen. But that's how powerful, you know, uh, you know, spiritual instruction is, whether it's true or not. They believe that. So we had to stand our ground dedicate our babies to the Lord, and years later, they accepted the fact that what we did was right. Amen. So, you know, if you want to do what is right, you're going to get resistance from the other side. Resistance even from your friends, your loved ones, your family. Amen. Probably most of you have already experienced that. But praise God, you have known the truth, and the truth continues to make you free. Can I have an amen? Let's finish this. Yes, even today... When, the, uh, when they read Moses' writings, their hearts are covered with that veil, and they do not understand. But whenever someone turns to the Lord, the veil is taken away. For the Lord is the Spirit, and I put this, that unveils the truth. And whenever the Spirit of the Lord, or where the Spirit of the Lord is, or, or is allowed to be, there's freedom. So all of us ha- who have had that veil removed can see and reflect the glory of the Lord. And the Lord, who is the Spirit, makes us more and more like him as we are changed into this glorious image. Let me wind this down with two Psalms. Psalms 34. David, now listen, David wasn't even born again, yet he had some revelations of God that others didn't have. And he he expresses it. He says, I will bless the Lord at all times. Good times, bad times, easy times, tough times. And his praise shall continually be in my mouth. My soul shall make her boast in the Lord. The humble shall hear thereof and be glad. Amen. Oh, magnify the Lord with me and let us exalt his name together. I sought the Lord and he heard me and delivered me from all my fears. Can you give God praise for that? Come on, everybody. Give God praise. I mean, this is the living word of God. I mean... This came out of him, praise God. And David would have never survived those 13 years of hardship and adversity without knowing God. He goes on in verse 17, the righteous cry and the Lord heareth and delivers them out of all their troubles. Come on, give him a shout of praise that you believe it. The Lord is nigh unto them that are of a broken heart and save as such as of a contrite spirit, not an arrogant spirit. Many are the afflictions of the righteous, but the Lord delivers them out of them all. Hallelujah. I said hallelujah. So these are the inward truths that keep you on a day-to-day basis. When I wrote 
when I, all of the, you know, I wrote many songs, but almost all of them came by revelation. By revelation. I uh, would see a scripture, like for instance, spirit man is what you are. I got that from 1 Thessalonians 5.23. I wrote a song, and I I think maybe the kids sang it once, but take the limits off of God. The words are absolutely powerful. The the words are so enlightening. And um, I got that by revelation out of the book of Psalms where where Israel limited God. And uh, so one day I just said, hmm, we need to take the limits off of God. So I began writing, and God gave me inspired verses uh, to write, and um, uh, and then I wrote a song called "I Got Out of Joshua 24, verse 15." Um, As for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. So I wrote a song about that. Amen. <clears throat> All because I was inspired by what God shared with me from His Word. And every day, yeah, uh, walking in the favor of God. The Bible says that Jesus walked in the favor. He walked in the favor of God and with the favor of men. I mean, He had favor. Say, I have favor. So that's when I wrote that little jingle. Maybe childish uh, on my part, but it was sincere, and it brought great joy and great strength to me in a time of adversity. Amen. The other day, I, I, everywhere, everywhere I drive, I'm walking in the favor of God. Everywhere. Uh, uh, I'm singing in my truck, I'm walking in the favor of God. And uh, I, I was looking for a parking place uh, the other day. I always believe for a parking place up close where I go. Now, you may think that's goofy, you know, and, and you think, well, you know, you need the exercise. Yeah, I exercise every day. So anyways, so I was, I was, there was no parking places. And so I started saying, I'm walking in the favor of God. Drove around one, once and then somebody pulled out right in front. I said, yep, walking in the favor of God. Come on, that, that inspires you. And that strengthens you to know that God cares enough about you even in the little things of your life. Can I have an amen? Praise the Lord. Why don't you stand? We're going to pray together. And we're going to, and we'll close. I'm walking in the favor of God. Praise the Lord. Jesus said, you know, I'm excited about the discipleship program that we're going to be providing for all of us. Here's what Jesus said. He said, to those Jews that believed on him, he said this to them. If you continue in my word, if you continue in my word, then are you my disciples indeed. How many want to be a disciple of Christ? Yeah. Amen. And you shall know the truth and the truth will make you free. So even Jesus understood, he knew it, that believers would struggle, that have issues, Amen. The reason Jesus commanded the disciples to love one another, because he knew it wouldn't happen if it was just a suggestion. He also said twice, I believe it's in the book of Peter and in the book of Timothy, love covers a multitude of sins. Love does. Amen. See, you you don't you don't survive 50 years of marriage without love covering a multitude of sins. You don't survive 40 years of ministry without learning how to die to self. So Jesus can be glorified in your life. Amen. You know, many of 
I see, I would probably say, I could say all of you here today have been such faithful people. You can't buy faithfulness. You can't try to talk people into faithfulness. It's got to be in their hearts. So I want to thank you for that. Because you being faithful makes pastoring so much easier. You being loving and kind. Most of the time I leave a pulpit, I'm always disappointed because I don't think I've done the job I should. Or I say stupid things that probably I shouldn't have said. And yet you're gracious enough to know that you know me. And that I love the Lord with all my heart, with all my soul, with all my body. And want to please and honor him. And want to minister to his people. And stand with them, especially in their times of hardship and adversity. Many are the afflictions of the righteous. Oh, but the Lord delivers him out of them all. Amen. Amen. Bow your head. I want to pray for you today. Thank you, Lord. But we worship you today. If you've been struggling in your Christian walk lately, and and you've been crying out to God, and today you say, Pastor, I, I just want you to pray for me. And as you pray for me, I will believe and receive God's inward strength to continue to run my race, continue to fight the good fight of faith, and continue to be faithful to God. If that's any of you, just lift your hand real quick and I'll pray for you. Thank you. Thank you. I appreciate that. Can we all lift our hands towards heaven? Heavenly Father, we're so, so, so grateful for the Word of God. We're so grateful for your Spirit. Come on, everyone, give him praise. We're grateful that, God, we can open the Bible and see the things we need to see, hear the things we need to hear, understand the things we need to understand so that we can do the things you've called us to do. Everybody give him praise for that. And, Father, I pray for those today that have really been facing hardship and adversity lately. I ask you, God, as Paul prayed, that you would strengthen them with might by your spirit in their inner man. That God of heaven, you, you, as they open the Bible, you will give them literally the words that they need for the moment they're in, God. Hallelujah. You've done it for me, and you'll do it for them. Everybody, please give him praise for that. And Father, if we're not today going through something hard, there'll be, they, they, I'm sure we will. And thank you, God, that we can pray one for another. We can be compassionate, kind, and merciful, caring one for another. Hallelujah. Praying one for another. Thank you, God, that this body of believers are a body of love, their body of faith, and a body of obedience. God, thank you today for your word. Lord, we receive the indwelling strength of the Spirit, God. And I believe that this week is going to be a week of great victory and breakthrough for our lives. Please, everybody, give him praise for that. God, thank you that we don't have to be afraid of the news. We have the good news. Hallelujah. And the good news is, God, you came to give us life and life more abundantly. So, God, thank you. We roll the cares of our lives into your hands. Thank you for taking care of us today. In Jesus' precious name. And everyone said amen. Amen. Thank you for listening to today's message. We'd love for you to join us for our Sunday morning services at 8.30 and 10.30. We also have a midweek service on Wednesday nights from 7 to 8. Thanks again for listening. Have a great day.